In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. They went to Jerusalem, not understanding what Jesus had said. It sounds simple, pretty straightforward, almost self-explanatory. All things shall be accomplished which were written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man. He shall be delivered to the Gentiles. He shall be mocked and scourged and spit upon. And after they have scourged him, they will put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. And they understood none of those things, and this word was hid from them, and they understood not the things that were said. Our Lord always referred to himself as Son of Man. The title didn't ring as a unique title used only uh, and ever for him, but as an indication of his humility, as a tool he employed to make sure that his humanity was understood to them to be real. So we're not dealing with um, inuramuses necessarily, to quote the letter of St. James, but deliberately this was spoken to them, but not so that they could understand it beforehand but so that they could understand afterwards that our Lord did it deliberately, knowing exactly what was about to happen. And so, as we have already begun to embark on the discipline of Lent, as we've begun to anticipate the penances and the prayers and the sacrifices, perhaps, uh, individually, as our liturgy has already spent three Sundays in anticipation of the Lenten observances, we might do well to, to turn our focus on our Lord's deliberate walk to Calvary. The apostles certainly reviewed everything that happened Time and time again, they told the stories how many times they wrote it down. But they also relived it in a, in a way. They must have. Because when it was happening, they didn't know what was going on. It's especially then that we, we very deliberately go back to walk through the steps of what happened, what we heard, what we saw, what took place. We weren't there. We have the advantage of reading about it and having what seems to be a full understanding ahead of time as we go into it. Although in reality, the first few times we celebrated these mysteries, we were too young to really know what was going on.
The apostles must have recognized the significance because it's even mentioned here. They were prevented from understanding these things. The word was hid from them. The word was given to them, but not so that they could understand it right then and there. Our Lord has already explained in other times about parables. A word is going to be spoken, and he will deliberately explain it to some and deliberately leave it obscure to others. There were times when the apostles were pulled aside and given explicitly the point-by-point explanation of a given parable. It must have felt quite, quite special, quite privileged to the degree that they realized that they had great responsibility, it would be good that they recognized that great privilege. Here, they are reflecting on and admitting that there was a time when the Lord delivered a word to them and deliberately prevented them from being able to understand it fully. What our Lord is about to go through Only he would endure. What they would understand later when they recall these words was that obviously our Lord did everything with complete, full, divine knowledge of what was about to take place. And that complete, full, divine knowledge must have made it even more horrific than we can imagine. How many times have we been through something and we thought, oh my goodness, thank goodness, I, I didn't know how bad it would be beforehand. That's happened to me plenty of times. Our Lord's divinity here accentuates his suffering. He knows exactly what is going to happen. In every detail. And deliberately walks towards Calvary. To me, and to my limited ability to imagine, I'm, I, I continue to be struck even more about how what we have perceived to be privileges, which they are, Our Lady's Immaculate Conception, for instance, or in this case, Our Lord being God, God and man having full divine knowledge of what is about to happen, these things that we consider to be advantages actually made their suffering even worse than we can imagine. To be able to perceive good perfectly, to be able to smell the filth of evil, we're we're numb to it for the most part. They were not. So I suggest then that we be that much more deliberate in our going forward into Lent. We don't have the advantage of a law that demands that we all keep the same fast each day, except for Sundays and solemnities, a wrinkle in the 83 Code of Canon Law. We don't have that advantage of everyone being uh, subject to a severe enough penance such that it actually has to be 
uh, lightened on Sundays. Not a bad thing for us all to do. Perhaps to be renewed in our devotion to the Eucharistic fast, to fast from when we wake up until we will receive Holy Communion that day. We've been through this already many times, and we've we've tried. Um, we pri- we've we've probably tried to approach it different ways. With with full knowledge of the past, not full knowledge of the future. We go through this the way the apostles did. Um, thinking that we're understanding everything that we hear and, and thinking that we know how we will react when bad things happen, but, but we don't. There's that which our Lord has permitted us to understand and that which he prevents us from, from seeing clearly, even the meanings of the words that we hear distinctly enough. What's required of us is, is faith. We will go through Lent the way the apostles did, not the way Christ did. He is God. We are sinful human beings. We have to have faith and trust and confidence and humility. We, like St. Peter, will boast that we will never betray him. And then we will. Hopefully nothing serious, nothing deliberately, gravely evil. Our Lord definitely permits us to, to fail in small ways, to help us grow in humility, to help us be, be even more sincere in our, in our love of him, our remorse. I would suggest that if, if there have been serious sins that we've committed in the past and confessed, from which we've been absolved, but have never really cried over them. Be prepared for our Lord to let you fall, hopefully just in small ways, to to bring us to really cry for our sins. why why, Why does he do this? He wants us to love him. He doesn't want us simply to be um, politely quiet in front of him. He, He wants us to love him. Imagine seeing your... You know, your, your, your grandparent uh, who loves you dearly and you just sort of stand there cold and stiff, um, don't know what to do. No, it, it, we, our Lord wants to break down everything inside of us that prevents us from loving him completely and trusting him. So have awe and, and wonder at our, at, at our Lord's deliberate walk to Calvary. Be inspired by Our Lady experiencing this in a way that perhaps is even more difficult to imagine because she doesn't have complete knowledge, but she has a perfect heart and a perfect soul. We will, we will be walking alongside and sometimes stumbling as the Apostles. 
We will, we will grow in wisdom and still have more to learn. As you've heard me say before, when I was very young, I thought that each Lent was going to be the very last Lent. And, and I had to spend it as though the only thing next to happen would be to get the stigmata. Well, um, those were good thoughts for a seven-year-old. Um, but the apostles help us understand how, how to take the next few steps forward. I will be uh, walking in their footsteps as well. Um, the second Sunday of Lent, you'll be with Father Rampino, um, and hopefully I'll be praying at the tombs of Saints Peter and Paul. They eventually have uh, a great deal to teach us, but only after they've learned a great deal themselves. So we ask Our Lady to accompany us as we pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, sought thy intercession, was left unaided, inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, our Mother, to thee do we come, for thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful, a mother of the Word incarnate. Despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.